because I I'd never done anything like that recreationally. I never done mushrooms or anything. So it was a whole new world. And I turned to it for healing because I had become a, someone I wasn't at the heart of me. I'd become a binge drinking workaholic who felt really dead inside. So I had, I had mental stuff. I had physical stuff. I was 40 pounds heavier than I am today. And then the spiritual stuff was like non-existent. I was so disconnected from my higher self and my, my spiritual self. I was just really lost. Welcome to Into the Light podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey, along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment, trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Into the Light. I'm your host, Adina Movana. Today we have Lois Coffey. Lois is a transformational and microdosing coach with over 23 years experience, having coached more than 20,000 people in health, fitness, and business. She specializes in helping people uncover and overcome their mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional triggers and wounds, including ancestral trauma and addictive behaviors. As a plant medicine woman, uh, she's also a certified trainer and uses guided visualization and other tools to help clients lead the life they love. I welcome Lois. I love that introduction. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. So the first thing I said was that you're a microdosing coach and I'm, I, I'm really excited because microdosing just seems like everyone's talking about it. I've been watching different TV programs on fantastic fungi and all kinds of interesting things about psilocybin. And yeah, so I'm super excited uh, to have you here to talk a little bit about your work. Um, so yeah, can you tell us a little bit about like, maybe just for people who aren't that familiar, what microdosing is and what kind of plants you really work with, with this uh, plant medicine? Yeah, I would love that. I'm excited because I, gosh, it's at the time of this recording, it was just a little over two years ago that I did my first microdosing and I didn't know mm. nothing because I I'd never done anything like that recreationally. I never done mushrooms or anything. So it was a whole new world. And I turned to it for healing because I had become a, someone I wasn't at the heart of me. I'd become a binge drinking workaholic who felt really dead inside. So I had I had mental stuff. I had physical stuff. I was 40 pounds heavier than I am today. And then the spiritual stuff was like non-existent. I was so disconnected from my higher self and my, my spiritual self. I was just really lost. And someone said, Hey, go give this plant medicine a whirl. And at that point I was so broken. And so I don't want to say desperate, but I had tried psychotherapy. I had tried grief counseling because I've lost a lot of people. I've had a lot of death in my life. And I just really even tried marriage and family therapy to save my marriage and, and nothing, nothing was working. And when I turned to plant medicine, um, it was the first thing that actually got me into my body and out of my analytical mind. And so what, what microdosing is, and then I'll, I'll briefly mention macro, just so you know, the difference is a small amount 
of a sacred, I like to say sacred because I, yeah. I really want to impress upon people that this is not a recreational hobby that you just go and do with your friends on a Friday night. That's just, I think it's okay if you do that, but for <laughs> someone who's wanting to heal, it's a, it's a sacred plant with a lot of wisdom and a lot of spiritual um, nourishment for your soul. And so it's literally 500 milligrams or less of psilocybin would be an example. San Pedro is another example. There's even psilocybin. I, I don't work in um, the world of LSD, MDMA. I'm, I'm a specialist mm-hmm. with psilocybin and ayahuasca. And then of course, psilocybin. Those are my three sacred plants. So I'm just going to speak to those. And then if you're using ayahuasca, it's usually the capi vine. It's not the DMT molecule with the uh, chacrina leaf and the vine. So I'm just talking about the vine itself and it's in tincture form. So it's usually anywhere from five to 10. Again, dosage is different for everyone. um, So I consult people on this, but five to 10, even up to 15 tincture drops um, under your tongue. And then the micro is really meant to those, the default mode network, kind of quiet the mind, get you into your heart, get you into your body, allowing you to feel what you can't see, which is usually trauma, anxiety, grief, allow you to feel it so you mm-hmm. can heal it. You can't heal what you can't feel. Um, so that's the reason I turned to microdosing and it, it slowed down my brain because part of my addictive behaviors, part of my traumas um, went back to uh, childhood, of course, but even ancestral. And it's so in that default mode network in the brain that your mind is racing. You're constantly on the go or moving like I was, and I would turn to alcohol to kind of help me to tune that mm-hmm. off. But the sacred plants work with that to help quiet the mind, help rework the brain, but most importantly, help you get into your body so you can feel those emotions, those repressed, suppressed, oftentimes disassociated things that we don't want to look at. But unfortunately, I'm here to tell you we've got in order to to truly heal and to grow and expand ourselves as human beings. So that's microdosing. And I know for some people are very sensitive. I have some clients who can't even do more than 200 milligrams of psilocybin. So even for some people that are more sensitive for a lot of different reasons, they might even say 200 milligrams or less is a a microdose and anything above that would then be a macrodose. And that's where you're like going under, you're doing a deep dive, 500 milligrams or all the way up to five, six grams or in ayahuasca, two or three, sometimes four cups of the tea or the liquid that's a, a whole nother conversation we may not get into today. That's like the ceremony that you do. So you do a microdosing protocol, which would be small doses over maybe a few weeks. I know you have one coming up for about four weeks, right? So people do this for a few yes. weeks and then, and then the, the macro would be more of a, like a ceremonial event where it's a deep dive into deeper repressed trauma work. Is that correct? You got it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Most microdosing is, and there's so many different, that's why it's not a one size fits all. There's, yeah. there's the Paul Stamets approach. There's other approaches that I've heard of that I've never actually done. Cause I actually like the, the four to five days on two to three days off. So you can, you can have integration time. You can live a little, cause a lot of times with, with microdosing and macro, you're following a particular lifestyle changes, health mm. changes and helping people usually, you know, not drink alcohol or, or not partake in things that, that may be considered quote unquote numbing or um, I- interacting with the, with the medicine. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you have to 
psych yourself up to do this a little bit and get prepared and maybe make a couple alterations in our lifestyle. But it sounds very doable. I, I know I talked to you previously. It's not like you're you're being forced to like, you know, go on fasting or things like that, which might be more challenging. So you basically are just trying to kind of eliminate certain toxins and and behavior in your life. And then you also mentioned daily practices, right? And implementing uh, spirituality time, even up to what did you say 90 minutes a day? Is that what you recommend? Yeah. And this is a big, big, big thing. I, and I, I have had this with clients and mm-hmm. I've, I've had people very shocked about this. So I, I do want to make a really bold clarifying statement on behalf of the medicine itself. So I think in, in America, especially, but globally, this is a prevalent, I could just call it a lie. A lot of people think there's quick fixes, magic pills, literally magic mushrooms, and they take the pill and that's it. Then they just go about their day. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they're going to be Superman or superwoman, and they won't be addicted to alcohol and, oh, they'll sleep so much better. And, oh, they'll be levitating. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have no idea. It's not like that at all. This is not a supplement. Mm -hmm. This is not a shake, a lotion or a potion. It's a, it's a, it's a dance. It's a co-creation. You can actually block the medicine and stop it from doing anything for you just by having an inflated ego. Wow. So what what people don't understand is they've got to have the mindset. So mental the physical and the mm-hmm. spiritual. So I have people with a coaching form sit with mental goals, physical goals, spiritual goals. I have them create a sacred practice, uh, 60 to 90 minutes, um, which can include, but is not limited to listening to music, mantras, chants, prayers, affirmations, meditation, dancing, getting up and, and moving your body and dancing with the medicine. There's so some people fall asleep because they're just so exhausted by life that they haven't really taken the time to stop and smell the roses, to go inward, to slow down and mm. to just be. And so that is one of, I think one of the biggest shockers that I had. And then mm-hmm. when I turned around and started coaching people last September, just the, the misinformation out there is that all the science, right? All the studies show my brain's going to be rewired. And all of a sudden I'm going to be a different person. Well, guess what? Not if you don't change other habits, not if you don't right. really stop and, and reflect and maybe journal and how do you get back into alignment. Same thing with me. I was a binge drinking workaholic. Right. And it took me two years, Mm -hmm. fully Mm -hmm. two years, 50 deep dives, and then microdosing almost straight for a year, working with a lot of teachers, healers, experts also. And I did not do this on my own. That's the journey that I've been on. And I think I'm, I'm still a little shocked that uh, I think people in the pharmaceutical model, they're, they're still in that quick fix, instant gratification. And, and this is not a quick fix path. Mm, wow. What you're describing really is that kind of shadow work, the dark night of the soul. You're talking about a, a year or two of potentially having uh, ramifications in your personal relationships or where those are healing or either breaking apart or, or coming together, interpersonal relationship, work relationship, relationship with your career or what you do for a living. It all flips upside down in some cases, right? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. That's yeah. why I even tell people, and, and I, I do these 30 day jumpstarts, basically a four week entry level. I could almost call it level one at the time of this recording. I'm thinking about calling it that, but I haven't yet. It's just more of a, put your toe in, 
and see if you're really, really ready. If you're really ready to change because change is so scary. And Mm -hmm. if, if I didn't become a bench drinking workaholic in just even one year, it was, it was actually probably about a 15 year, small, subtle changes. And then all of a sudden, boom, 40 pounds later and feeling in my marriage, I wasn't going to fix that in just 30 days. But when I started the journey, I knew that nothing else was working for me. So I I committed and it, it does take a lot of courage and it does take bravery to go beyond that first 30 days to see what else is possible for you. Right. And I think it's looking at it also like this ego work is very interesting to me, how we're going through processes of self-reflection, introspection in order to heal and begin these healing journeys. And I think about a lot of that ego work and ego mastery. You know, we have these different expressions of spiritual paths to enlightenment and how we go through connecting to the heart versus our ego self. I think anyone who is interested in this type of work should definitely be looking at plant medicine as a potential uh, you know, catalyst or even just part of the whole journey. It, that's kind of how I see it, right? Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I'd like to share one of my certifications that I got was yeah. with the the ego, the subconscious, also known as the unconscious. Everybody's got a different label and and I'm not going to go into all of this. And then you have the super conscious, which is also known as your divinity within your higher Mm. self, your connection to God, source creator. Again, whatever you believe in, I'm, I'm equal opportunity here. I find that a lot of times the different, you know, self-help movements or all of this personal development has actually done us a disservice because a lot of people will just think I'm just going to read a book. I'm going to say a bunch of affirmations. I'm going to go get a certification. I'm going to go get trained. And all of a sudden I'm just going to have all this money and think and grow rich and, and all this kind of stuff. But what we don't realize is ego is trying to protect us and keep us safe from the wounds of the past, the the trauma, the grief, which is what was happening for me, honestly, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it. Um, but my ego is saying, "Don't go there, girlfriend. Your your little girl is really wounded, and she's feeling less than. She's feeling not enough, and she's not worried, sure about this marriage thing. And oh my gosh, she's got to be perfect. And oh, we can't be making mistakes. Oh my God, imposter syndrome. So all of that was driving me in my subconscious." And my ego is like, oh, nope, let's just go drink alcohol and, and yeah. not, not put it under the rug. <laughs> um, let's go um, work another five hours. Let's go over here and, and scroll on social media and get even more depressed by comparing yourself to everyone else. But it's okay because it's numbing, you know, your, your brain and your neurotransmitters are all shut down because you're drinking <laughs> at the same time. You see what I'm saying? So we get yes. into this, this vicious cycle and the ego actually what I learned from plant medicine is we can make it our friend. We can make it our ally. It's actually trying to help us. But what we want to do is transmute the fear mm-hmm. that's coming up through the subconscious right. and, and turn it into love and compassion. Mm. So like, oh, okay. So right now you're telling me we feel fear. That's a sign. Let me sit with that. Let me meditate on that. Let me get to, oh, okay. That's that's my masculine wound. That's, that's not feeling good enough. That's feeling lack. That's feeling scarcity. That's a sign that maybe I got to take a break. Maybe I got to go take a nap. Maybe I got to say no to that person that's trying to 
whatever, sell me something. Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> so all of that, again, the plant medicine helped my default mode network, but a lot of my integration and processing, I had to heal through a lot more than just the plant medicine. Right. Yeah. Because you were talking about this healing through a lot of these generational traumas or uh, ancestral traumas or patriarchy, all of our distorted feminine issues. And one of the things that I think is fascinating is how people have a negative idea about these medicines. Um, certain religious people will not want to take them because they open up. I was just seeing a post this morning about it bringing in demonic experiences and negative things happening and people are, so there's a, a lot of negative association with these, like you said in the beginning as being psychedelics and people going on wild, crazy drug trips. And I really love your work because it's moving us away from the, that ideology, right? Which comes from a lot of religion and, you know, guilt mechanisms and things like that and moves us into this more positive understanding of what's really happening, right? And so can you tell me a little bit about how you had your own, I know, religious uh, baggage and things like that that you came from and how you've had to work through that in this process and where, where it's taken you with, with healing through a lot of that stuff? Oh my gosh, do we have? <laughs> I know. Yeah, gosh, where do I begin? Um, and I'm pretty open. I, I did uh, manifest back in 2011. I manifested an autoimmune disease in my throat because at that time oh. I had been judged, we'll just say persecuted for questioning religion at that time. I had gone through my first spiritual awakening at that time. And and because you're a, you have a Mormon background, is that right? It's actually, it's, believe it or not, it's Lutheran. Um, Lutheran. So okay. not even, not even Catholic, but I, I grew up in a very small um, rural community in Iowa. And there's just a lot of, um, how do I say this? Which I've healed by the way. So I love my community. Uh, there was years <laughs> and years that I didn't want to go back because I was, I felt like the scarlet letter. I, I felt like um, I was going to get burned at the stake right. or, or that I couldn't say anything. And I had to be watching my, minding my P's and my Q's. Mm -hmm. I got rid of all that thanks to plant medicine. And a lot of my drinking issues actually was stemmed from yeah. my fear of living my true nature and purpose, which when I went back into my ancestral, they said, oh my gosh, you're a plant medicine woman. You're a pagan. You're cool with all of the gods. You don't have to <laughs> just do this one. Just like, so oh, by the way, this has happened in our pagan Germanic heritage we were killed and burned by the Christians and forced to convert to this monotheistic mm. culture. Right. And, oh, by the way, that's happened to most of the planet. And oh, by the way, that's a lot of our, our issues in the world is because of that patriarchal religion wound saying men are dominant, women are submissive. It's going away with this, this ascension is a waking up of the planet. That's why I believe the plants are coming back saying, Hey guys, it's time to let that shit go, pardon my French, I don't know if I can swear <laughs> on here, but, but let it go. And, and I, through many ceremonies, I reconnected with Jesus. I was a huge devoted Christian as a kid. Um, but when mm. I had my first awakening and started questioning and expanding my consciousness and realizing maybe there's more to this story. Oh, and then I learned a lot uh, about even how a lot of religions were built on mistruths and right. a lot of brainwashing and a lot of information that unfortunately has led so many people 
astray. And so when we were alcoholics, they were all, you know, recovering Catholics, right? So I, I started questioning all of these things and like recognizing it's just because we've all lost sight of our, our truth. And our, our truth is, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and mm-hmm. we can, we can believe whatever we want as it's, it's our personal, our personal choice. And so when I, I, the plants showed me, you know, my ancestors going through that process. And here I was in some ways reliving it, mm-hmm. becoming a binge drinking workaholic and shutting down my, my own beliefs, shutting down my curiosity, shutting down my adventurous spirit. Right. And so once I started to heal and reconnect with Jesus and mother Mary, and Oh, by the way, Mary Magdalene, and a lot of these amazing teachers and ascended masters, I was communing with them in under the deep dives. And then yeah. as I started microdosing more, then I would commune with them in my daily practice. Mm. And so it started to rebuild my heart, started mm. to rebuild my confidence, started to rebuild my faith. Cause I, I, I couldn't even really get into any kind of spiritual form because I just felt so much judgment for myself because I was receiving it from the world and we are all collectively. So the sacred plants were just kind of like, Hey, let's heal that. So I cried and I cried and I cried so much and really, really reconnected to my heart and Mm -hmm. reconnected to releasing that ancestral. And like you said, raising the emotions, feeling the emotions and bringing it all through emotional processing is how it's the the trauma is integrated and healed. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And you also, you know, you, you also described it as like like we were talking about earlier with the ego and connecting to the heart. You also described it as, uh, you know, I, a lot of people say ego death, but you're like ego integration, right? You integrate it, not, yeah. not, not kill the ego, yeah. right? It's a yeah. of, of feeling. Yeah. There is a lot um, of, there's different phrases out there. I'm glad you brought it back because I, I yeah. did, there's so much I could share with you. Oh my gosh. But um, some people call it the dissolution of the ego and they say ayahuasca is very good for that. And, and I would agree. I just feel like we make the ego out to be the bad guy. And anytime there's a bad guy in the movie, you want to see the bad guy die or you want to see the bad guy (laughs) go to jail. And again, here's the thing, a healthy ego, you know, you don't go to the grocery store naked because you might get caught (laughs) and you might get arrested, right? You, the healthy ego is there to keep you protected and safe. Right. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, we want to make friends with the ego. And and trust me, I know what it was like. I felt many ego deaths, um, but it was really more the inner critic um, and the the unhealthy ego that I was, you know, saying, thank you. I appreciate you. It, it's time for you to be healed and move on and, and to be able to have a healthy ego and a much cleaner subconscious mind because as within so without once you heal and work through a lot of that subconscious or unconscious stuff you have a healthy ego i shed 40 pounds now oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm making money and it feels so good to receive it as my truth and i see wealth and money completely differently now mm-hmm. um and relationships with my husband my children are doing so much better at school because guess what? Mommy is healthier. Mm. So again, as within, so without, I've healed my ancestors, myself, my children, my marriage. I'm still on the path. I am, I'm not here to say I've got it all figured out. 
And, and that's the best part is being humble and vulnerable and saying, gosh, I don't know the answer to that, Adina. Whereas the old Lois would have been like, sure, I know everything. And I'm uh-huh. an expert. And, it's the uh, ego. <laughs> that's the ego saying, oh no, we gotta, we gotta look perfect now. We can't, yep. can't, Presentation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh my gosh, how refreshing, how refreshing is it to be in a world where people are like, gosh, don't know the answer. Um, and, and humility is humility and patience is something else that the plants taught me and my ego didn't want to have, it didn't have time for humility and patience before. Yeah. It's like, a, I think of it like a balancing effect between like you were saying, you know, uh, you, you just, you, you, you get more like a, I don't know, a balanced state. And it's it, even, even in your work going between the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain, and the mass, you know, it's like all of this stuff, these distortions have to be coming through to a, a balance point, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You were reading my mind literally. Cause I was, <laughs> I was seeing, as you were talking, the two hemispheres, the feminine and the masculine. Yes. I love that. They're, they're like in sync as opposed to the masculine analytical mind being in charge and the feminine's going, uh, I don't think we can come out and play because daddy's looking really upset <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? So all of that, all of that came through the, these past two years. And now what I want to help teach other people, because it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. I had some really, really scary, terrifying experiences, both on microdosing mm. and macrodosing. So that's another reason I'm here today wanting to just be an advocate. You know, don't do this stuff on your own. Don't do mm-hmm. it in an unsacred way. And again, don't expect, you know, one and done all of a sudden you're this changed person because I think people are seeing that out there and it's just false advertising. And it's, it's a lot of BS, quite honestly, you, you've got a lot, you've got a lot of work to do with. Mm-hmm. The person. Yeah. And like you said, you are here as a coach and I've heard that too previously again and again, you need to have a, a like a support person as someone experienced, a spiritual guide, a shaman, whatever you want to call it. But like, you you know, I've, I've heard of that important piece. So I appreciate you, you bringing that up because, um, you know, I, I have a question about who, who's coming to you. Like, what are they trying to, um, like fix in their life? Like, what, what do you, what do you, what do you work with most of, with your clients and how do you, uh, you know, fix their, like, do they come with all kinds of different problems or what is the common thing that you're walking them through as a coach and as a healer? First of all, I want to acknowledge you. You're brilliant um, at interviewing. Okay. So <laughs> oh, just, thank you. Lois. <laughs> I just want to give you a shout out. I love, I love my podcast. Thank you. Everyone <laughs> listen in. <laughs> Number one on Apple. Uh, iTunes. <laughs> <of the> night. <laughs> no, that's amazing. So uh, the answer is it's quite varied. Um, so I'm going to break it down into three categories. Mm, okay. um, although I will tell you they're, they're pretty much all combined and bleed into one another. So grief, um, people who've been stricken mm. with the grief and are like I was, um, they're too stuck in here and they just want to, they want to feel and they want to heal. Um, so people who have, and, and grief isn't just death. It's, it's, it's job loss. It's divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is addictive behaviors. Um, my, my top ones, believe it or not, I, I wasn't expecting this. It just, just it was prevalent and in both mm-hmm. men and women is alcohol and porn. Um, oh, wow. those are two of the addictive behaviors that I've seen most prevalent. 
Um, but then the other one is just, they, they want that, that deeper, expansive spiritual connection. Uh, they want to meditate more. They want to quiet this, to be able to go in and connect with their heart um, more. And they've tried everything else. They've been meditating mm -hmm. for years, for example, like I had been, um, but there's just not feeling that expansiveness. And, 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 and as part of that too, is they're also a little scared because as you, as you go down that path and it's happening now for a lot more people, I've, I've seen it personally and with, uh, with clients where their psychic abilities may be coming online or they're starting to see clairaudient, mm -hmm. clairvoyant, they're starting to have these gifts, but they don't know what to do with them. The medicine can help mm -hmm. give them the foundation and the messaging to help them work and co-create with these gifts. And, and then again, with all of those, the grief, the addictive behaviors, and then the quieting the mind, getting into the heart, being more spiritually expansive, all of the tools that I put inside of my coaching programs are there to help people work with this in a way that's not scary, that is going to get them lasting results. Because again, just popping pills doesn't mean your alcohol addiction is going to go away mm. or your porn addiction is going to go away or your scrolling addiction is going to going away. You know, um, that's the part of that working with the coach that'll help. Right. And um, so I love it. You broke it down into a couple of categories. I know the grief part, I, we didn't get into your whole story, but I know you mentioned you, you lost a lot of people in the pandemic and a lot of people have, I think you said 12 people or something in your life passed in the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Well, I've had um, since 2006, 12 people commit suicide. One of um, oh, two of them were a murder suicide. So a friend killed another friend all in one, like one shot, like, unfortunately, literally um, with, with a handgun. But, um, and then mm. I was both my parents, my stepmom and my brother um, in a, in a, in a four-year window. And then I've had other friends who died of addiction. So that's all since 2006, mm. but a lot of a lot of that happened since 2020, uh, 20, end of 2019. Yeah. Is when it was just like one thing, one person after another, after another. And, and I was just so numb. I, I didn't cry. You know, when my brother dropped dead and I got the phone call, I just kind of sat there staring, shock. staring yeah. into space. And that, that was actually in February, 2020, the beginning of what I would call my realization that something not right with my heart or with me because I'm, I'm like, Oh, that person's dead. And then I just go right back to work and act as if nothing happened. Um, so it, it was, it was really, really, it was, it was just, I, I can't even say it was, it was crazy. I, I knew that there was something that had to change, but it still took me another year before I finally turned to plant medicine. Cause I was, I was still that numb. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel that, that too, um, you know, I had a part of my spiritual journey has been during the process of seeing, you know, certain friends pass in the pandemic, mental health and, you know, suicide things and, you know, just fears of that happening to other loved ones. And um, yeah, so thank you for, for sharing what you did uh, to help with that. And then also alcohol and porn addiction. Those are really big problems. I know just, I, I come from a Muslim background and I think it's a shame that some people might, you know, initially have a like, oh, don't use, don't, these are psychedelics. This is all bad forbidden stuff. But then at the same time, you know, these things can be really used to help with real issues 
like we, you know, in the communities and in the religious communities and, and everything with porn and, and alcohol and, you know, addictions. So, you know, I, and other people doing worse drugs and things. So this to me sounds like a much, you know, safer, healthier, <laughs> it's like a, even a lifestyle alternative choice, you know, to help with these areas. So that's awesome. Well, people don't realize I'm going to say something that's going to probably trigger some folks and I'm cool, yeah. but religion is an addiction. Right. <laughs> you can be addicted to going to church every day, every yeah. day and feeling the better, feeling better, just getting a dopamine hit, going to church. And then what do you do right. the rest of the week? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's about where is your heart? And it, we're, we're Jesus himself taught about love and compassion. And mm-hmm. I think people who are feeling threatened by what's possible with psychedelics, because it's not going to happen for everyone, because you can abuse psychedelics and you can block them and even use them as tools to make yourself feel superior. And look at me. It happens with shamans. It happens in the industry. Right. Shadow work can, can, can show up in all different forms, but anyway, um, there's, there's a lot of value in every one of us looking inside of ourselves and really asking, am I coming from a place of love and compassion or the opposite, which is fear and judgment? (laughs) Yeah. And all those ego problems that are creeping up and making us, uh, yeah, like you said, even in the spiritually aware community or in the religious communities, it's a big, it's a big uh, <laughs> false presentation of everything, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I share that only because I wish I would have heard this. And, and I, again, everyone's going to have this, the right people are going to hear what I'm about to say. Like I sat with people who had been in the industry for 17 years, even shamans, and I had some of the most dangerous, scariest, unprotected, unsafe uh, mm. journeys. And so just really make sure you do your due diligence, whether I'm your resource or someone else, um, just make sure that, you know, this is not stuff to be played with. This is, this is like you the veil is very thin. Even when you're microdosing, you can open up um, to different energies. And, and that, yeah. that's why the, the psychedelics were shut down is because they can absolutely help you become aware and, and essentially come back into your own sovereignty and your own power. But then it can also expose you to some, some really dangerous things that if you're not aware of how to manage or protect yourself, then you can have mm-hmm. some really, really, really uh, scary, almost like psychotic breakdown type of experiences. Right. I, yeah. And I've, I've heard a little bit of that too. So I love that we have this, you know, amount of information from you and all of your background and your history and really where you stand on these things, because, you know, that's going to help a lot of people feel more comfortable and confident when they want to work with you. And I just think it's great to have this level of awareness and discernment. You know, that's one of the things I, one of the themes of 2023 of the spirituality community is discernment. We love it. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you again. Another, uh, between humility, patience, and faith, um, the medicine reminded me of discernment because a lot of us, we became sheeple. Let's, let's be honest. Like we just follow the herd and we get, we end up going off a cliff and, or, you know, just further away from our truth, which is what Mm -hmm. happened for me. I was so far from my true nature and purpose and judging myself accordingly. And then when the inner critic gets going, hello, just watch out. What are you going to do, but medicate your medications. And so we want to help you wake up 
and be discerning about what are your truths and what are the lies that are holding you back. I love that. Thank you, Lois. Amazing. Well, um, so can you tell a little, a little bit of someone's listening, where, where should they go to find you, work with you? I know you have a program also coming up that I'm taking. Everyone should take two. Yay. <laughs> um, microdosing with uh, ayahuasca starting and uh, like day after Father's Day, right? And this month in June. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be my, my first pilot, if you will, beta group. I've up until this point, I've been doing um, only group ceremonies. So me and my husband, my husband is a shaman. So we do monthly deep dive ceremonies, different cities, um, Minneapolis, Phoenix, and San Diego. So just tune in with us on that. And the best way to get a hold of me um, is go to loiskofi.com forward slash resources. Um, that has a plethora of, of free tools, even free mm. meditation tools. It also has my microdosing website. So you can book a consultation with me. It has tons of information. It also has access to my podcast, healthy and wealthy and wise. Even if you just want to follow me on subscribe on YouTube, Lois Kofi enterprises is perfect. Uh, and I do free classes every month, uh, where then I showcase my 30 day jump, in, uh, start into microdosing or, these new um, ayahuasca group programs. Cause I find that when you do medicine in community, the 30 day one-on-one jumpstart is fantastic. Uh-huh. But I feel like when other people hear about other people's egos or other people's wounds mm-hmm. or other people's losses or traumas, there's, there's that heart connection. Like, gosh, you know what? I'm not alone. I'm not the only mm-hmm. one with this fear or this addiction or this people pleasing issue or whatever. So I'm starting to do at the time of this recording and you're part of my first group, but then I really expect to be doing um, open enrollments for future four week programs. And I, I will just say really quickly, I've, I've worked a ton with psilocybin. I've, I've microdosed a ton with psilocybin, which is psilocybin and ayahuasca together. Oh. Now with, with ayahuasca, what I didn't expect, because when you sit with grandmother, they call her the medicine, the vine. When you sit with her, whoa, she can be harsh. Like maybe <laughs> your grandmother might have slapped you upside the head for grabbing the cookies too soon. You're supposed to, you know, wait for that for dessert. She can be brutal, brutal <laughs> in ceremony with the deep dives. However, I've been dosing with her for the last couple months and I have really softened into my feminine side, my creative side, my sensual side, my intuitive side. I've, I've cleansed a lot more of that masculine, um, ego wound that was still, and, and, and is still lingering. You know, I, I, I'm, again, I'm still alive. I'm still human. So there's stuff that it's always going to be worked on, but I've actually had my solar plexus, my, my sacral, my womb started pulsating and working with her. I cried. I, I released some anxiety. So I'm really excited to be showcasing. And it's not very common. It took me years to find a really good source for, mm, for programmers. I love that. Good source. So, yes. And so we'll be, we'll be diving into, and it's for men or women. I mean, right now it's mostly women have, have, mm partaken, but I have um, one gentleman and another one who's looking to sign up to 
to really, again, come into our heart, to soften and be more open and receptive and love and compassion. And by softening that, then the, the masculine side of ourselves will be more soft and tender and, and, you know, courageous and less controlling and less, you know, manipulative and all of that kind of stuff. So I just want to speak openly about that because I, I feel like the world, like that song, the world needs love, <laughs> love, sweet love. And, and I, I feel like what I've been shown and what's been coming through me as a result of working with her just in microdosing is so, so sweet. And I wanted to put that out there for people to be aware of. Amazing. Yes. And it, it's like you describe uh, connecting to your feminine, balancing into the feminine side. I, so many women are talking about this like kind of polarity work. I even see posts about how if you're, if you're, if you had a divorce, you know, go, go do your polarity work before you have another relationship. So there's so many applications to this work and this timing, right? Yeah. We want to do this work <laughs> to help so, the feminine. Yeah. If I can say one more thing. And yeah. I yeah, sure. It. Hey, go ahead. Let's go. Because we're in the, what my metaphysics coach calls, it's the um, period nine. We're heading into the, the women, the, 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 the feminine rising for careers. Yes etc. And that's all in, in tandem with the divine feminine energies that are coming in and rebalancing the earth. Again, I'm not going to get in all of that mm -hmm. 5D conversation because that's <laughs> that's way out there right now to go from what we've been talking about. But I I I study all of that and I know yeah. that I know that I know that's why this conversation about polarity and even for men to just really embrace their softer feminine side, it's, it's, it's happening. Like a lot of people are having trauma come up and you know why it's because you've got to feel it so you can heal it and soften mm. into more of that feminine. And we're all getting rebalanced and recalibrated. It's just some more painful than others. Cause if you're not listening, it's going to be like a baseball bat upside. <laughs> right. Feel it to heal it, heal through it, all of those things. Um, yeah, obviously great themes that we're seeing in our own lives and our own spiritual journeys. I mean, I don't know. It seems like all of us are in these healing journeys. I think we're seeing a lot of common themes. Um, I, and I love having you as a guest today because it's like we touched on absolutely all of them as far as I can tell. So this is this is great, Lois. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, is there any other last words that you'd like to share with our audience before we wrap up or anything you'd like to leave us with uh, at the end of this episode? Oh, gosh. Um... I think just if you choose this path, you know, first of all, do your research, feel it, it being a call in your heart, meaning the, the microdosing and, and or even the macrodosing path. Don't just do it because your friend's doing it and it's mm. and it's cool because I feel like it is pretty trendy right now. Yeah. And it's like jumping on the bandwagon of, of when uh, when Clubhouse came out, right? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I, might, I might miss out. Don't do it from that heady space. Do it because you really, really feel it in your heart. It, it's the right path. And then just be ready that it's it's going to be a, a bit of a journey and there's going to be some bumps and bruises and some roller coaster rides along the way but if you really feel connected to the medicine and do the work along the, the path it's going to be the most life-changing delicious <laughs> ride um I, I can almost guarantee that 
Excellent. Okay, great. Yeah, you are, you're the one to take us there, Lois. We're doing it. <laughs> here comes the train. <laughs> and I would be, I would be honored to serve anyone. And, and I'm also here to say that um, if I'm not the right person, I've got some really amazing colleagues and different specialties and different niches also um, that I can recommend along the way. I love it. And you, because like you said, people can go, they can book a call with you. They could, uh, you have your monthly support calls or informational calls. You have one-on-one -on -one work. You have group group sessions now where people are coming together. So this has been so wonderful, Lois. I'm so excited to have you, uh, you know, today and to get all this information to our listeners. And I'm just, I'm excited to start your program myself. And hopefully you get, you know, more and more going this year and we are just taking off because this is, this is where it's at. I love this work you're doing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. So you. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much. This is Adina Movana and Into the Light. <laughs> okay. They're going to cut. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at that website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at adinamovana.com. Thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light.